at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America! Voice of America super producer Muck Bill Yabaro and a top South African player join me this Friday for a special Basketball Africa League discussion. Sporty greetings, Muck Bill. Sporty greetings, sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. Great to have you here, Muck Bill. Joining us on the line from Cape Town, South Africa, is the captain of the Cape Town Tigers basketball team, Peter Prinsloo. Peter, thank you for joining us on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Peter, the Tigers just recently completed their debut appearance in the Basketball Africa League in Cairo. Can you talk about the uh, overall experience uh, for you and the Tigers? I know, obviously... Um... This was now a good opportunity for us to gauge the level of, of competition. Um, obviously, it's an honor for everybody to play in the BAL. There's you know only 12 uh, teams in the whole continent that's playing. But uh, you know, for us, it really gave us a good uh, outside of what's to come and what we have to prepare for for the you know for the playoffs in Kigali. Um, you see the level of talent that's being brought by all the teams, and we understand that uh, we have to get better and do things like that. But you know, it's it, it was a good way to get some of these guys ready, especially in terms of our national players who haven't maybe stepped on a court with that level of competition. So now everybody really has a gauge of what level they need to play at for us to be successful. Follow-up question, uh, Peter. What type of changes do you think that um, you all will have to implement um, in the playoffs? And like, well, what do you feel like you guys have learned um, that you can potentially use uh, moving forward in the playoffs? I think we just we've learned that when we play together as a team, we move the ball and you know we play proper basketball. Uh, we're a great team. Um, those are the stretches that we've shown so far where we play maybe 20 to 25 minutes of good basketball out of the 40. But then we you know we've learned that when we become a selfish team and you know uh, guys force up quick shots or we don't move the ball and get stagnant, that we make life a lot harder for ourselves. So you know we know we got to work on things like that when we go back home. Uh, you know, now we're here, uh, guys can start focusing on that when we start our training again to really stay within a unit because when we do play our style of basketball, we can, you know, compete with anybody uh, when we become real individualistic and, you know, people don't share the ball. We Everybody, you know, just holds on to it, then it's bad basketball. Um, so those things are kind of what we need to focus on because at this point we know that we also – if we're not going to rebound the ball, we're not going to win games. We saw that uh, a couple of our games were actually were really weak on the offensive glass. Um, I believe our last game, they got like 30 offensive rebounds. And so we understand that we have to become a better rebounding team collectively uh, because otherwise we're not going to be able to succeed at a higher level. Peter, the Tigers uh, were a debut team uh, in Cairo. And uh, one of the teams you played, FAP, more maybe more experienced they've they've been around they played last year in the BAL uh and, and some of these teams have been around a long time like uh, Zamalek uh you know they've been around for over 50 years Cape Town relatively new team uh in terms of formation uh can you talk a little bit about 
maybe the following you have in Cape Town as a new team? So, you know, that's, you know, in our, in South Africa, basketball isn't the biggest sport out of everything. So it's been a, a real process uh, from management, you know, a lot of marketing to broadcast the team and, you know, get people aware that there are, you know, there's a professional basketball team here in Cape Town that plays in the BAL. And we've now collectively over the last year with the qualifiers and now actually, you know, making the playoffs for BIL, seen a big rise in the amount of people that's following us in the community, um, arriving to a good reception today at the airport where people were waiting for us. Um, so, you know, we've seen a steady growth in the, the fan base for the basketball, and that's been part of the mission of this club to really create awareness of the sport and actually build a whole basketball community where kids know that there's a future for them if they want to play the sport. Yeah, that's that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Peter, um, you've had an extensive uh, professional career, having played in uh, Latin America and Africa. My question to you would be, uh, how's the energy level been in Cairo in comparison to the other places that you've played in? No, I mean, um, obviously still you're still affected by COVID times. Uh, when you're playing, it's a huge arena, so... You know, it would be sometimes if a full arena like that is, you know, completely full of people, then it makes a big difference. But the whole basketball energy, uh, it's such a high level of talent. You know, guys that are very high, you know, guys that former NBA players, you know, G League guys, they really have a influx of talent that's along with all the African talent that we have on the continent. So it's a very high level of basketball. And, you know, you have to be focused every game. So... You know, certain countries overseas, I've had, you know, great fan bases. But, you know, this level of basketball is arguably, outside of Champions League, the highest that I've seen in my career. Peter, the uh, Basketball Africa League changed its format uh, for its second season uh, last year. Uh, basically a compressed two-week schedule uh, in Kigali, Rwanda. And this year, three phases. Uh, the league started off in Senegal and then it moved to Egypt, and it will wind up with the Basketball Africa League playoffs uh, in Rwanda. Do you like that format, that kind of tiered approach to the league? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, the league is still adjusting after COVID. Uh, you know, last year it was a complete bubble. This year, similarly still, you know, besides being able to move around in the hotel, you're still in a bubble. So I feel like the COVID... Uh, you know, pandemic not completely being finished still has an impact. Um, but it's good. I mean, obviously for the sport, you know, if they can have multiple hubs each year, you know, and increase it. So this year was two, maybe next year, say four or six hubs where they're playing games before, you know, you move to a playoff location like Kigali. Uh, because obviously with the facility and the arena they've built in Kigali, it's, it's an amazing site to play basketball. So have more features in different big cities across Africa uh, based on, you know, your teams that did better the season before and then, you know, grow from there because that's why it's just going to reach a bigger community of people. Peter, um, knowing that you, you all are going to be playing uh, U.S. Monastir in the playoffs um, and them having had a really good run and making it to the finals last year, um, what types of um, adjustments are you guys uh, looking into or well, what's the, the feeling from the team and knowing that um, when you guys play your type of basketball, you can play up against anybody. Um, but what, what is the morale level and, and how are you guys feeling um, going into that uh, game? I know. I mean, guys, we're, we're coming into this, you know, with all expectations to walk out of there with a W. Um, 
we understand that with the talent that we have on this team, if we put it together properly for 40 minutes, we're, you know, it's going to be hard for any team to beat us. We understand what Monastir, you know, the team has a history. I played in Tunisia for a tiny bit in 2016, so I saw the level of competition out there. Um, and now, obviously, they've been around for a while. They play together a very, you know, good system similar to, you know, your European basketball where everybody can play. They get the ball to their bigs. Um, so we understand that this is a disciplined team and that we have to, you know, play good basketball. We can't come in there making, you know, stupid mistakes and, you know, forcing things if, because that way, that, against teams like that, you get hurt. Um, you know, they move the ball well. They play team defense. They rebound as a unit. You know, they make smart plays. They don't do try and do too much. And that's, you know, a reason why they've been so successful in Africa and within Tunisia in the last, you know, I don't know how many, I know the club's been around for quite some time. So we understand that it's going to be a tough matchup, but that now we really have four weeks to focus on the things that we did bad in Egypt. We've seen, you know, where we're weak and where we're good and just, you know, lock in and try and key in that we can put 40 minutes of basketball like that together. I'm VOA's Sonny Young. We're talking with Peter Prinsloo, the captain of the Cape Town Tigers basketball team. Uh, the Tigers recently completed uh, their Nile Conference campaign and they have qualified for the Basketball Africa League playoffs in Kigali, Rwanda. I'm joined here in studio by Muckbill Yabaro. Uh, Peter, looking ahead to Kigali, uh, have you played uh, in the Rwandan capital before? No, that is one place I haven't been yet, so, you know, it's going to be good. I've heard about how amazing the facility is, but, you know, it's going to be a first for me as well. As for the uh, the grassroots development of uh, basketball in the continent of Africa, we, we all know that the continent of Africa has some of the most talented athletes ever. And basketball, the NBA has had its fair share of African players. But now knowing that they're taking this type of approach, having some of these younger players, some as young as 15 years old, playing in this tournament, um, what are your thoughts on that, on them investing this um, in, into the continent? I mean, I think it's it's an amazing thing. Um, we've, Like we said, we've all seen... NBA players from Africa within the NBA, but now you can really use this to, at a young age, groom talent. And now, similar to how EuroLeague works and guys that are 19 in EuroLeague getting drafted, you know, that's been playing, guys like Luka Dodgers have been playing in EuroLeague since they're 16, 17 years old. Um, you know, now you give an opportunity for guys in Africa to get the same, you know, the same looks. Uh, so now you have young talent here that can be taken over to the NBA that sometimes would have been missed because this this kid never had a chance to play, you know, in front of the right people. So you're also looking at potentially a league that in five to ten years from now that could be on the same level as the NBA and even bigger than your league. So, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing that they're doing that, you know, because now they're giving just a new platform for these kids to be seen, and it's going to just keep promoting the, uh, you know, growth, the overall growth of the sport because now people are really going to invest into basketball at a younger age, and it's just going to keep growing all the communities over the, over the continent. Peter, if we can uh, segue briefly uh, to the NBA, uh, the league is uh, currently holding the first round of its playoffs uh, here in the United States at, at various locations. Uh, one of the hot topics, uh, who should be the most valuable player uh, 
I think a lot of people think it's going to come down to Joel Embiid, the Cameroonian star, or uh, Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Uh, who, who do you think should be the uh, NBA most valuable player? I mean, I might be a little biased on this one based on where I grew up in the United States. Uh, you know, me, even though I am South African, I grew up the majority of my of my school years in the United States, um, starting with sixth grade, you know, through university. And I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan. So <laughs> I got to give it some beat. I got to. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Nikola Jokic, there's a good argument for it. But Embiid, especially lately, over, like, the last 15 games, he was just going crazy. And, you know, he's been – you see what he's doing in the playoffs right now. I feel like he's just this year meaning more the way the Sixers are playing. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I would definitely have to agree with you on that one. Uh, yeah, Joel, uh, especially what he did uh, last game. Yeah, he's he, <laughs> he's definitely a, a, a played MVP caliber basketball. Um, to also uh, keep it on the NBA, um, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite guys um, happens to be on the losing end of uh, <laughs> of that series at the moment. Sporty greetings. This is Masai Ujiri, the president of Toronto Raptors Basketball, president of Giants of Africa Foundation. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Masai Ujiri is such a brilliant mind when it comes to basketball. And um, what, what are your thoughts on what he's been able to do with the Toronto Raptors? Um, organization and what he's doing um, on the continent as well, trying to expand the game. I mean, no, what he's doing personally, like the turnaround that he's had, and even if you look at the current roster, the way he's, the draft picks they're taking, you know, the talent they're grooming and, you know, the signings they make, uh, he's an incredible GM. Um, I mean, what he's done, he's brought a deep championship to Toronto. I don't think anybody would have possibly expected that at any given moment, you know, most guys don't want to go live in Canada, uh, you know, to go play there. They want to stay in the United States. Um, so, you know, it's it's harder for them to, you know, look as a free agent, uh, you know, fight all the time. But, you know, what he's been able to do through them drafting the right players, making the right trades, and, you know, signing, being able to sign good players, they it's incredible. Uh, and, I mean, obviously for the continent of Africa, having somebody like that investing their time, it just means so much for the sport. Uh, now you have a guy who's been highly successful at, you know, doing what he does and creating these opportunities and, you know, being a smart-minded uh, basketball person. If he's really into, you know, grooming and growing the whole basketball community in Africa and you're really expanding the sport, you know, it's going to be successful. Peter, you mentioned uh, growing up in the USA, playing some uh, college basketball uh, here in the USA. Getting back to the Tigers, uh they have an American ownership group. Uh, can you talk about uh, maybe the Tigers' owners? Uh, are they supportive of the club and this uh, inaugural Basketball Africa League campaign? Oh, yeah, no. I mean, uh, we have very, you know, hands-on owners. We all know who they are. Um, you know, so it's an ownership group out of the United States, you know, two men and two women. Um and it's really, you know, their vision is to grow this, you know, sport here in South Africa. They've seen, for them, they, they understand what basketball in South Africa could be. And they really want to, you know, grow a community here where people are, you know, following the sport and how young kids are starting to, you know, they've got a juniors team and a women's team and everything else. So the 
you know, our owners are highly supportive and highly invested into the sport here, uh, you know, especially because they understand what, you know, platforms Africa can bring, maybe potentially being a hub for one of the, you know, windows of BAL every year. So, no, our owners are, are great in that aspect. Uh, you know, they make sure that they bring in the right talent uh, for what we need to do to play our style of basketball. And, you know, at this point, I don't think anybody can – you know, even remotely not say how amazing a job they've done with Cape Town Tigers for a club that was just formed two years ago to be playing the BL already. It's it's incredible. Peter Prinsloo is the captain of the Cape Town Tigers basketball team. Peter has been uh, speaking with us from Cape Town, South Africa. And Peter, thank you for uh, joining us uh, here on The Voice of America. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me tonight. Appreciate it. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs, and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. I'm VOA's Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Joining me here in studio is VOA super producer Muckbill Yabaro. And Muckbill, as we look back on Peter Prinsloo's comments, it sounds like he's a fan of Joel Embiid. (laughs) (laughs) I would definitely have to agree. Um, Knowing uh, any African that's been able to play on a high level, um, seeing what Joel Embiid is doing is honestly super inspiring uh, for the hundreds and thousands of of kids that are back home on the continent and in the diaspora as well. Um, just showing them that they can too, you know, uh, play on that elite level. As we look back at the Nile conference games, Muck Bill, uh, Zamalek playing in front of its home fans in Cairo, uh, had a great run there. Uh, five consecutive victories. Uh, they beat Petro de Luanda, the, the very proud Angolan squad, Uh, Pretty convincingly. And now they go to Rwanda uh, to defend their Basketball Africa League uh, trophy. Uh, At this point, is there a team that can can topple them in in Kigali? Um, Honestly speaking, the way that they've played, um, especially in this conference, uh, seeing exactly what they've been able to do, everything's been convincing. As you said, the closest... Um, game that they had was against Petro um, and that in and of itself was still a 13 point victory so they were able to cruise by I would say um, Rwanda Energy Group um, 
might give them a good run for their money. I really like that team. Uh, I really like what they've been able to do. Uh, their team chemistry flow. Um, they only had one loss in the uh, in the Sahara Conference, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Uh, and and Monastir definitely uh, is is looking for blood after last year. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, so we're gonna see uh, if they're gonna be able to get their revenge from last year. And as Peter Prinsloo said, Muck Bill, uh, it, it's really going to take uh, 40 minutes of complete basketball for the Cape Town Tigers to uh, to beat Monastir in the playoffs. Absolutely. And and honestly speaking, though, I think um, it's going to take 40 minutes from everybody. <laughs> it's going to be one of those uh, because it's not the knockout phase anymore. So now at this point, when you're in the playoffs, you're going to have to give it 40 minutes if it goes in overtime, a little bit more than that, but you definitely have to do everything. You can't let any quarter go um, without giving it your all. And I feel like a lot of these teams that are going to be in the playoffs, they, they know what's at stake. Just because they're ranked the fourth seed coming into it doesn't mean that they're going to give the first seed the, the automatic victory. Um, it, it's it's going to be a very, very difficult game um, throughout the entirety of the playoffs. I don't see it being a cakewalk for anybody. Now, one of the teams uh, making its debut, but they did not advance, uh, was Cobra Sport of South Sudan. And uh, I watched their first game and I thought, wow, this team could really make an impact. Uh, lots of talent but uh, you know it's it's competitive. It's a competitive league, and uh, they ended up not advancing. But uh, I, I was you know really really impressed with how they 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 put out their 15 year old center on the court, one of these ball elevate players, Muckbill, and maybe talk a little bit about some of the some of the young players uh, who got a chance to gain some experience in Cairo. Absolutely. I feel like for any of the players that were able to get on the court at such a young age, 15 years old, seven footer, he's he's a boy playing amongst men. But at the same time, that's the level of uh, experience that you need to hone on in order for you to, to be groomed, to be able to play on that next level. You know, they say you can teach a lot of things, but you can't teach height. So when you've got a kid that young, that's able to be that seven foot, you have so he has so much upside, um, and him playing in this tournament is just one of those signs. Um, as for that that Cobra Sports team, I really liked uh, Mayan Kier and uh, and Wang as well. Yep. Uh, two phenomenal players uh, with the one victory that they had showed us the level of talent that this team has when they're clicking. That was a desperation game for them because at the time I believe they'd had two losses. They didn't want to go down 0-3. They really gave it their all, but then maybe they got a little bit lax after that victory. Um, but they definitely have ample skill, um, and it's it's going to be exciting to see those players um, in the near future. And, you know, listening to uh, Peter Prinsloo earlier, uh, he kind of touched on maybe uh, some of the imports that come onto the team. Uh, he, he mentioned sharing the basketball, and sometimes, you know, that they might sign an American player Right before the tournament starts, maybe they'll they'll have two or three days uh, to sort of acclimate with the team. And yet, you know, if you come in there as a new guy and you kind of hog the ball per se, that that usually doesn't go over well with your teammates. It, it definitely doesn't. <laughs> you know, the reason why I like teams like the Zamaleks of the world or the Petro de Luandas are because they have team chemistry, right? A lot of these guys, especially with that Petro team, right? They've been playing together for 
nearing a decade, yeah, some of these time. players, right? Long time. And those are the type of things that you just can't teach when it comes to uh, to basketball. Team chemistry is, is so important. And when you look at uh, uh, some of these other teams that do have these imports um, and they, they've only been there for a couple of days, some of them a few weeks prior to starting uh, the entire tournament. And you expect these guys to do what? Because they have played on a higher level to be able to come in and just whisk away the the, the game. But that's not how this works. This, <laughs> this is a team effort. It doesn't matter if this person played in the NBA. A lot of these players have played on the in the NBA, but... It's been a while since they played in the NBA. Right, they, they may, <laughs> I think they, of uh, like Ike Diagu. Absolutely, or like a, a DJ Strawberry as well. Right, right. right. They may have lost a step, so it's not like this is a NBA player that is in their peak prime shape that can take over any game that can play amongst any other four players and just win or just will their team to win. Um, so you're still going to have to play within that team environment and get the ball, you know, move. just keep the ball moving get everyone else involved, and then uh, you see where it goes from there. <laughs> <laughs> One player for uh, Zamalek, uh, very impressive in Cairo, uh, was Mahmoud, Anas Mahmoud. Uh, played college basketball like Peter Prinsloo here in the USA. And, uh, you know, watching him on the court in Cairo, Muckbill, uh, you don't have to necessarily score a lot of points to be effective. Uh, there was one game where I think he blocked seven shots Oh, yeah. For Zamalek, uh, he is such a force uh, near the basket that, uh, you know, he can have an impact maybe without putting the ball in the basket. The thing I like about Mahmoud's game is that he is a he's so amazing on both sides of the floor. A lot of players don't necessarily take pride on the defensive end, right? They will come and give you 25 to 30 points. But on the defensive end, they might be a liability. Right. Whereas for him, he it seems as though he actually enjoys playing defense more than he enjoys playing <laughs> offense. So, right. so that, that to me shows a player who's willing to sacrifice himself, his body for his team and, you know, get a block shot on one side and go get an alley-oop dunk on the other side. He's averaging 10 and 10 right now. Um, but he does so much more. A lot of his intangibles, just being as big as he is. Um, and, he, and he's so amazing on both sides of the floor. I really like what he's been doing for the team. Muckbill, you mentioned uh, Mayan Kier for Cobra Sport. I, I really liked him too. What what a what a, he's got an NBA body, really. I mean, <laughs> just very powerful uh, player. Uh, one player for the Tigers I really liked, uh, Ganapamo, Evans Ganapamo. He had a uh, game winning shot. I think it was against FAP, a three pointer right at the end. Uh, and Prinsloo, uh, he was he was effective, especially in the last game. Uh, they didn't win, but I think he had 21 points. And uh, so they'll be looking to Prinsloo, I think, to provide that veteran leadership in Kigali. Absolutely. Just You see, the thing about Prinsloo that doesn't necessarily show up in the box score is his level of expertise and his, him being a veteran, having played in so many different environments, right? So sometimes when you have a player that plays maybe only American-style basketball, then that's all you really know. But this man has played in Latin America, all over Africa. As he mentioned, he played in Tunisia for some years. Um, and that in and of itself is the level of experience because he knows how basketball is played on so many different levels. You have so many players that are playing in this tournament that are from all over. They, they've played basketball everywhere. So he will be that guy who will be the, the, the floor general who will assist his team in knowing what adjustments that they need to, to make, what they need to do, play that selfless type of basketball that the Tigers know that they can play 
for 40 minutes, and I think they can beat anyone. Looking ahead to Kigali, Muckbill, uh, any maybe surprise teams uh, to watch out for uh, in the tournament? FAP? FAP. <laughs> I liked FAP last year. I still like them this year. I don't know what it is about the team that when they're clicking – they, they really are clicking. It's just a very fun type of basketball that they play. Um, a lot of younger players. Um, so I'm excited to see what it is that they do. They're, they're going to be coming in. Um, and they're they're another one of these uh, been around a long time. I, I think they're celebrating their 50th anniversary uh, of their founding. So, yeah. so they go back a, a few years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they do. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm also very interested to see how Petro does um, in the playoffs. They played a really, really good um, – every game that they played was flawless um, up until they ended up playing Zamalek. So I'm interested to see um, what they'll do on the other side if they go up against, um, I don't know, U.S. Monastir team or uh, or Rwanda Energy Group or if they end up seeing Zamalek as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that. They're, it just seems like they're always one step away from just getting to that – you know, that that next level. Thanks, Muck Bill. That's VOA super producer Muck Bill Yabaro joining me for a special edition of the sunny side of sports, focusing on the men's basketball Africa League. And that wraps up the April 22nd edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in and have a nice weekend. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.